Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips and picks. I'm your host, Professor Syed. That's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is actually known as a sideline. We'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode, set to cover the best and or most interesting college basketball games scheduled to be played on Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. In case you're here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswithaprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. Don't forget that for all the model A grade plays, you have to join the Patreon at the $5 or higher level to get that. It also gets you access to the Discord chat, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games, along with discussion on other sports. As always, remember, there are no locks in gambling. So what Sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans. That is A, B, and C grades, or rather plays. It really wants you to make plays where it can't quite get there, but a better number or price would do it, and toss-up games. The results for all of the recommended picks can be found either on Bet stamp or Black Book Sports. I'll provide a link in the show for that. It's another place where you can sign up and get the model picks in case you don't want to do Patreon. It's the same stuff either place, so it doesn't really matter where you go. Um, but you can check them out there. So we got receipts for all the picks in one place or the other. Also have the Google Sheet, which not only has all of the projections for every game, but a lot of good data summarizing how everything's done. I like to just put a lot of good information in the Google Sheets. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, yet again, I guess we'll just say that Monday went uh, amazingly well or terrible or in between. And, uh, you know, it's, it's Schrodinger's cat yet again for us, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a great, it's a great thing to have, like, because it could still be, lovely it could be yeah it could it could it it feels like another reason we need more day games in college basketball because then at least we could come on here and be like well we started off with the winner and then of course then you never really know i mean how many times have we had where like the first game went terrible and the rest of the night went lovely or you start (laughs) off hot and then the rest of the night just is downhill right you just never really know (laughs) because at least you have something to talk about right now we have no idea all all we can say is the last two weeks last three weeks have gone really well uh Mm -hmm. and you just just hope we keep it going uh there's always Always good streaks and bad streaks. It's, it's much more fun when you're on the good streaks like uh, we've been as of late, right? Yes, yes, for sure. It's always a lot more fun to see the account in the green instead of the red. Absolutely. Uh, well, we've got uh, another great Tuesday slate every Tuesday. Every Monday seems like it's a little bit of a downer, other than the MLK slate was pretty solid. But uh, otherwise, the Monday slates are usually a bit of a downer, like two or three games that are good and a bunch of weaker games. Tuesday games are always loaded with, you know, the, the, the eighth best game is always interesting uh the, the 20th best game you know the like the worst game of the day is usually not that bad um so a pretty solid a short slate on tuesday but a lot of good games we've picked out uh the five uh, best that we think and then we got a little bit of a wild card play as well but before we get to that some reminders please hit that like button for youtube also if you aren't yet please consider subscribing or following it's free if you turn notifications on you won't miss any of the college basketball mlb or college football content that this channel provides Pretty much the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found over there above and beyond what's happening here. Three bucks per month gets you the play of the day. For another two dollars a month, you get all of the model graded picks and access to the Discord chat. And for five dollars more per month, you get ad-free shows and early access to every recommended play. Go to www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it. Again, all lines courtesy of the unnamed domestic sports book that shall be named once they decide to sponsor us. Uh, 
down the road, uh, sign up link in the show description for uh, other books that we do recommend that have great uh, value. Uh, if you have an account there, always shop around get the better price. Hopefully you always can get a better price than what we are getting. We're start off here Tuesday night, 6 PM central Ohio state at Illinois. Uh, Jake, I really have one question and one question only. And that is, is Ohio state broken? I mean, let's just start there. Are they broken? I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's the same. They're doing the same thing they did earlier in the year, where they were really good, and it's just not falling. I, I don't know. I mean, Suing was supposed to be a great shooter. He got hurt last year, and it's like the jump shot just hasn't come back. He's still a good player. It's just the jump shot's not there. So I, I don't know. And Zed Key, uh, this could be me just being off, but he looks like he dropped too much weight. Mm. He was a little thicker in the previous years, and I think he dropped too much, and now he's getting bullied around a little mm. bit. Mm. Uh, so I, maybe I, I don't know. Uh, this, uh, they're a wild team. Both these teams are wild teams. You yeah. don't know who you're going to get on any night. Yeah, Ohio State seems to be suffering, and I, I know the Big Twelve a little bit better, but they seem to be suffering the same fate that we saw with West Virginia, who went a long time before they finally got a conference win. Texas Tech, uh, I think, still looking for a conference win. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where you know when you play a tough conference, all these games are tough. You're, you're going to have stretches where you look bad. And we always talk about there's going to be in, in the, the Big East, the Big Ten, the Big 12, there's going to be a team that falls towards the bottom. It's not that bad. They just can't seem to win. And that's it feels personally like that's where Ohio State is. They just can't quite get out of their own way. They can't find it. They're just bad matchups, bad whatever. It's just nothing is going their way. Yeah. With that in mind, it's, I'm going to lay the three and a half with Illinois. It, at least with Illinois, like you said, they are a little bit of a don't know what you're going to get. But when I've seen good Illinois, I've seen them lightly, and they're really good. Mm-hmm. Bad Illinois can struggle, but I just don't feel like I've seen good Ohio State in quite some time. So I'm going to lay the three and a half. Obviously, three would be better, more preferred if you can shop around, if you can find a three. It was at three earlier in the day, but it's at three and a half now. I still think it's the way I'd play it at three and a half, or I'd play Illinois minus four as well. The model says 3.2, but I think the model is just really having a hard time catching up to what we've seen from Ohio State here since conference play has started. So I think there's value here laying it on uh, with the fighting Illini. Totals 145 and a half. Uh, models is 147.6, and the model's been pretty spot on with these totals, so the model would tell you to lean over, uh, but I'm just going to be backing Illinois. Jake, uh, I, I flipped up the segment here. I started you off with a question. Yeah. Did you have anything else to add about this game? Yeah, yeah. look, it's going to be surprising when you hear this, but Ohio State's got the more efficient offense. They, Ken Palm's got them ranked right around six. It's the de- defensive end where Illinois is going to shine. Um, they're really, really good at forcing turnovers and forcing their opponents into bad shots. They keep That keeps – all the field goal percentages all around down. Um, they do a great job of rebounding the ball on defensive end and do a pretty good job on the offensive end too. They play with pace. They get a lot of high percentage um, shots off live ball turnovers. Uh, they And Ohio State struggle, struggles at forcing turnovers. They're going to have trouble to get any extra chances. It's going to be a lot of one and done for them. Uh I mean, Illinois' biggest weakness is they turn the ball over a little bit too much. Ohio State can't take advantage of that here. The free throw line is going to make you a little nervous because Illinois just doesn't seem to hit it because they got some big guys that don't like to shoot free throws. Uh, but on the on the other side of the floor, it's going to be – I think there's a lot of size ma- mismatch here. You've got – that's really Coleman Hawkins and uh, Mayer are the best examples of this. They're going to have two, three, four inches on whoever Ohio State has them. 
um, unless it's Zed Key, and they're still they're taller than Zed Key, but it's like an inch, inch and a half. Um, but Zed Key's going to have his hands full with Donji down low. Uh, and I mean, like we pointed out, drop Ohio State's dropped five of the last six, and that's including games that should have been wins with Minnesota and the Nebraska. Home, home game against Minnesota, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah and and even even though on the road, still Nebraska said should should still be a win with the way they were playing earlier in the season. Yeah, uh, and I mean, in the same period that they just dropped to those, Illinois beat them by 16 and 18 on the both of them on the road. I think Illinois is a play here. Yeah, and uh, I, I'd be remiss if I mentioned right, Ohio State did win their last game at home against Iowa. Uh, that's the only bright spot that they've had in quite a long time. You have to go back to the start of the calendar year. Uh, they barely lost at home to Purdue. That was a solid mm-hmm. showing. They they won at Northwestern, but since then, like you said, it's been – uh, pretty rough, and we've just seen again Ohio State really struggle on the road as well. And then sometimes that's going to happen when you talk about having better offense and defense. Sometimes that offense isn't going to show up quite as well on the road, and that's the same sort of thing that I, I would expect here. If this game was in Columbus, I'd expect them to have a much better chance at winning the game. But uh, you know, on the road, if their offense doesn't show up, which it hasn't in a lot of these road games, uh, again going back to that Northwestern game was the last time that that, that their offense on the road did well. Um, then they're going to have a hard time here. And so we're going to lay it with Illinois. Yeah, they expected a lot more out of McNeil, uh, West Virginia transfer. Who, Well, I mean, this is going to have a lot of Big 12 transfers. I just realized that uh, in this game. But um, yeah. they, he's just not having nearly as good of a year as he was having in the last couple of years at uh, West Virginia. And that, I think that's really hurt him. Yep, absolutely. Uh, 6 p.m. Central, Missouri at Ole Miss. Going to grab the two points with Missouri. Sideline says they win this 51% of the time. So whether it's the plus two, push pro- again, one's not as common. Two is two and three are pretty common outcomes. If you want that push protection for two or take the money line, you're looking at maybe a plus 110, maybe a plus 115. If you chop around and find a better price up in that range, I think makes a lot of sense for a wrong team favored game, in my opinion, and according to the model. Missouri's definitely the better team. I think they're better by enough to overcome the home court. I'm just not overly impressed with Ole Miss. They're not a bad team. I just like what I see from Missouri more. Obviously, that tempo and that offense can give teams fits. And Ole Miss's defense is better than Missouri's, absolutely. But their offense is is further behind than their defense can make up for. I think even though this game is at Ole Miss, I think Missouri can go on the road and get the win. Total of this one's 145 and a half. Models is closer to 150, but I'm a little bit nervous. If I had to play it, I'd play the over. A little bit nervous on the over just because the, the total is being driven by Missouri. And we've seen in conference play, a lot of teams have really tried to slow them down. And you know, it kind of works to some extent. At least it prevents them from playing exactly their game. Um, Missouri's offense is so efficient. Even when you slow them down, they still score a lot of points. But it does keep the totals a little bit lower than you would expect with the tempo that Missouri wants to play. So not really exactly what Ole Miss is going to try to do. I think I'd probably shy away from just messing with the total and just focus on Missouri, either again plus two or money line. Uh, Jake, what do you think on this one? Yeah, like I have no clue what's happening here. There is zero reason for Ole Miss to be favored. Uh, their their offense is just barely above average. And, I mean, they rebound the ball well. Everything else is so bad on the offensive end. Uh, they're shooting 30% from behind the arc, 67% for the free throw line. 20% of their possessions end in a turnover, and then more than half of those are still. So live ball, easy bucket, going the other way. They've got a very solid defense. And, and they make it makes it hard to find good open shots. But other than that, nothing special on the defensive end. Missouri has – 
on the other hand, is a top 10 offense. Um, they've got a defense that's trending upward, um, but they're what they really do on defense is they force turnovers. I mean, we just talked about – I just talked about Ole Miss has trouble holding on to the ball. Easy buckets to an efficient offense is going to be death. Um, I mean, Missouri ranks six in the nation at forcing turnovers. It's more than a quarter of their opponents' uh, possessions into a turnover. Um, and it, well, and when you think about Missouri – if you think about seeing any of their highlights, right, what do you see? It's them forcing a turnover, a three-on-one that leads to a pretty alley-oop or, or an easy yeah. easy dunk or something like that. I mean, that's, that's kind of what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it makes for great, fun basketball to watch. Um, also, if teams can figure out how to hold the ball, you have a game You have a game like Kansas where they just can't figure anything out. Uh, but, I mean, they struggle. On that's, a, that's not Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They struggle rebounding the ball, so that kind of leans Ole Miss's favor, but I don't – I don't know that there's going to be that many missed shots that that's Ole Miss is going to be able to take advantage of that. I mean, the teams that have given Missouri trouble are ones that are very good on the defensive end and are very exceptionally well. Like you're looking at Alabama. Um, I mean, Texas A&M was the worst defense they've lost to, and they're ranking around the mid sixties. Uh, you've got like Kansas who took, took them, <laughs> took them out behind the woodshed. Yeah, yeah. And there's one other one I'm missing, but either way they're, I mean, like I said, it's AM was the worst team they've lost to, like worst defense they lost to, and that's still way better than Ole Miss's defense. Yeah, or, or just in terms of quality of team, right? Yeah. AM just a better team than Ole Miss. Uh, or you talk about, you know, Alabama and Kansas. Like, there's no shame in losing to those teams, no, right? So, no. yeah, it's, it's you know, when you're playing a team of Ole Miss caliber, it seems like Missouri should be able to handle them. I'm like you. It doesn't really make sense. Uh, I, I get why you say it's close to a pick em. Again, if it was me, I'd make this Missouri minus one, maybe minus one and a half. Uh, getting two points on the plus odds seems like a gift. Uh, why not take advantage of it for people, I think, overthinking this one? Uh, this Missouri team is still pretty good, even though they aren't you know, they aren't at Alabama's level, right? They aren't at that top level of the conference or of the country, but they're still a pretty solid team. And this Ole Miss team is just, just okay. And so they should be able to get the win in our opinion. Uh, 7 p.m. Central, Oklahoma at TCU. Going to lay the six and a half with TCU. Probably the biggest number that I can remember laying in the Big 12. For the most part, I'm just a fan of grabbing the points. There's a tiny bit of a fear here of TCU coming off of that massive win. First time the team's ever won in Lawrence. So to the Titties players, some of that may not matter because half those losses in Lawrence or 70% or 80% or whatever were when those kids were in grade school, right? So it doesn't even matter for, yeah. <laughs> for for that. But it's a big win, obviously. It's a big win anytime somebody goes in into the fog and the waves, right? So you have to be a little bit concerned about coming off of that. But, you know, I, I, I kind of maybe I overthought uh, this weekend with Kansas State when I said, you know, I just didn't want to play a side, but Kansas State was the better team. And, you know, they should cover the number if they show up and play. I was worried about them coming off that big win. And they took care of business. So I'm not going to overthink this one and just say, look, TCU is by far the better team here at home. I, I think that they're, you saw just how good they were against Kansas. And it, assuming there's no hangover effect, and you never really know, especially when you're dealing with 19 year old kids, but, you know, assuming that there's no hangover effect, they should have no problem winning this game by more than six and a half. The model says 7.2, uh, but in reality, I think closer – the way TCU's been playing, I think the model's still having a hard time catching up to how good this team is. In reality, I think eight or nine makes more sense, uh, again, assuming there's no issues with them uh, coming off that big win. We saw from Oklahoma, again, more of the same this weekend, a team that just not good enough to get it done – not quite able to get over the hump. Again, a pretty solid team and a team that if you put them in half of the other conferences around the country would be faring much better right now, more than half, obviously. But but in this conference, 
that's just not good enough. They've got a chance to beat. They had a chance to beat Baylor at home. Couldn't get it done. They'll have a chance to beat TCU at home on the road. I just don't think they got much of a shot. Uh, so we're going to lay it with TCU minus six and a half here. Total is 138. Models is 134.5. So the model would indicate go under largely due to Oklahoma's pace. Um, I'm not going to play the under on this one simply because both these teams have been scoring a little bit more than expected as of late. And so I'm just going to leave the total alone. Uh, going under in a Big 12 game is usually a scary proposition anyway. So I'm going to focus on TCU minus six and a half. Jake, what do you got for us? Like, this is fascinating to see what Jamie Dixon's going to pull around with this team. Uh, that's going to be, that's going to be fun. Uh, like this, uh, TCU is just very, very good. It's, like you don't want to get over like in depth to it. Think about the hangover effect with Kansas and all that, but uh, they are an elite defense. And oh, everybody wants to talk about this offense and how they put up eighty three and they're shot well and did it, they did everything well that game. But the defense is borderline elite. They really shut everybody down and made Wilson try to beat them, and that didn't work. And that can and as we as we talked about yesterday in previewing the Baylor Kansas game, right? They forced so many turnovers. They pressured them and just. Kansas was at their own, in their own building. Kansas was suffocated, and that's just you don't you don't see that very often. No, no, I mean I can't think of the last time a Bill Self team looked that bad. It, yeah, that's all the credit to TCU because they, I mean they did like everybody thought that Kansas State game with that was going to be close, and man, TCU blew them out of the water too. Uh, they're kind of got the same attitude as a football team where they feel disrespected and they're just going through eliminating everybody and I don't see Oklahoma really get in their way. They've got, they play slow. So the, un, like the totally want to lean the under scares you, but I mean, they've also got turnover issues and the slow pace and giving this TCU team any extra chances is going to be bad. Um, the Don't expect all the threes from TCU to go in. They're a very bad three point shooting team uh, in general. Uh, they really do well at taking the ball to the hole, and that's where they prefer. They feel like the second half is exactly how they prefer to play that game. And I see this whole game acting like that second half of the Kansas game. Yeah, like you said, if Oklahoma, if they're going to turn the ball over against this defense pressure, and and it's and it's not just turn the turn the ball over uh, like Kansas did, you know. You know, back at the three point line, that's going to lead to a lot of easy layups. And TCU, you know, they they might run away with this one just like they did against Kansas, simply because you're getting a lot of quick buckets, easy buckets like that is is recipe for a blowout. That's what happened against Kansas, and it's it's got a good chance of happening here as well. Yeah, like it, especially with the teams that play slow like that, it's really hard for them to make a comeback because right. they just the limited possessions they're they're not used to it makes them really uncomfortable. Like they yeah. just can't make that run. Yep, absolutely. Uh, to the 8 p.m. games, North Carolina at Syracuse. There's our double dip game for you. I'm going to grab the three and a half with Syracuse. going to go un- over 150.5. With regards to the side, this is an A-grade play according to the model, which says that it should beat North Carolina by 2.2. Uh, obviously, North Carolina is the better team. But are they the better team by enough to overcome what should be a pretty rocking crowd there? You know, Syracuse, obviously, pretty decent home court edge, uh, tough place to travel to. Uh, obviously, always brings it when North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, right, come to town. They're going to be bringing it here. I, I, I don't really know what to expect. I kind of think this is one of those anything can happen type games. And so grabbing the three and a half points, I think makes a lot of sense. Should be a lot of points, uh, some really good offenses here. 
some questionable defenses. I just still think that there's a chance that we haven't quite stopped overvaluing North Carolina on the whole. They're getting still a little bit too much respect. Obviously, they're not getting quite the same respect early on, but I still think it's a, they're a little bit overvalued uh, here still. And again, Syracuse, a team I was a little bit down on earlier in the season, but they've actually overperformed model expectations over the last month by about five points a game. So they've been playing pretty well. If they overperform the expectations again here, they got a chance to win this one. Should at least hang in there. Again, lots of points. Model thinks 152. Should be, again, a fun one to watch. Jake, what do you have for us? Yeah, like, uh, I mean, as a Duke fan, this is really hard to say, but since they lost that Virginia Tech game, they've been playing so much better. North Carolina has. Um, still not shooting it great from beyond the arc, uh, but a guy, well, having a guy like Bake out underneath really doesn't, erases that. Um, I mean, like, since the December 10th games, they, like, they have scored 80 point or less than 80 points four times, and two of those were very good defenses, one of them being Virginia. They kept them under 80. They're, just my favorite play of this of this double dip is the over. I, I just really don't see where anybody's getting in anybody's way. Uh, yeah. North Carolina's going to want to get down the ball, get play faster than they normally do because that you they're not great shooters. Not they don't want to have to work around the two three zone, so they want to score quick. Uh, Syracuse, that's a big advantage playing in the Carrier Dome. Used to shooting in that arena is a big advantage. You see things weird. Struggle. Yeah, struggle yeah. a little bit shooting just because it's a very weird background and messes with the, their head. Syracuse used to it. They're already a good three-point shooting team. North Carolina struggles guarding the three-point arc anyway. Uh, I've talked about it on here before. Zones are hard to rebound out of, so Baycott should just have a field day for any yeah. of the missed shots. Uh, I just don't see a lot of stops here, and I think this is going to be a really tight game with the way Syracuse shoots it and how anytime they can set their defense, it's really going to make it hard on North Carolina. Yeah, it feels like a like a fun, close, high score, almost like a tournament game yeah. a little bit with that weird backdrop of shooting. Of course, you know, like you said, Syracuse used to it, but a lot of the times you have these tournament games where it's, uh, especially once you get past the first weekend where they play in weirdo arenas and it, the angles just all look a little bit different. But one of those where it's just like each team should be throwing a lot of haymakers. I mean, Syracuse, the way they're hitting those threes should score a lot. And like I said, when they miss, that should let North Carolina get points quick. So it should just be back and forth, just lots of scoring. Again, who really knows how it's going to play out? A lot of it's going to depend on the Syracuse shoot you know, 39% from three or 29% from three, right? That's going to kind of be the difference in the game. Um, but just on average, I think this has got a good chance to be close. It might have overtime that could help potentially help you cover three and a half, could help you with the over. Uh, should be a fun one to watch. A couple different angles for you on that one. And the last one of the main games before we get to our wild card game at the end here, 8 p.m. Central, Kansas State and Iowa State. Uh, this Jake, this might be the game that we discussed a little longest of any game this season. I'm just trying to figure out the angle for it. Iowa State is a five-point home favorite. The model says 5.3. I've loved backing Iowa State and Kansas State. Both. They've been both really good. I've been preaching all season that both these teams are under uh, undervalued. I just I can't touch the side. I, I can't lay more than five with Iowa State against a really good Kansas State team. I also feel like getting five is just not enough value because we've seen Iowa State at home look really, really good. They're a good team anyway. They look even better at home. So I just don't think the side is worth investing in a number like five. The model would lay four with Iowa State should it get there, and it would grab seven with Kansas State should it get there. Those seem like pretty reasonable propositions. That's not what we have on the table. So instead, we're going to go with the over 134. 
the model, like if you think about a five point spread, that would be 69 and a half to 64 and a half. And when you look at what Iowa State's done at home, I think they ought to be able to get to the 70s. And Kansas State's offense is good enough. You know, I think they ought to score some points as well. They got a good chance to hang in there. You got a good chance for overtime. Got a lot of ways this can go over. 134 is just not a not a big number. And Iowa State's got a great defense, but their offense is pretty good too. Kansas State's going to play with tempo. They've got a pretty good offense. And if you go back to some of the previous games Iowa State's played, if Kansas State doesn't score many points, we've seen other games where that's happened in Ames, Iowa, and Iowa State scored enough points to get you to a number like 134 anyway. So I think there's more ways you win the over than any other play that I can find in this one. So over 134 is the recommended play. Uh, Jake, tell us more. Yeah, look, I know it's counterintuitive to go over an Iowa State game, no matter what sport they're playing. Uh, <laughs> so this true. Is, this, this like game, they are night and day at the home and away. At home, they are a lethal offense, at, along with the defense that comes with them. Uh, Kansas State, very, very good offense, very good team. Uh, their defense isn't quite on Iowa State's level, but it should be a very tight game. Not many are. Yeah. They are, they are going to want to score quick when they can. They do not want to play a half-court game. Pace is going to get a little more possessions than most are expecting because of that, because Kansas State does – Nobody wants to go in a half-court game with Iowa State and try to no. figure out that defense. Uh, so, And that's going to speed the game up a little bit. Iowa State shoots it, lights out at home. I mean, you were mentioning they just played – they played Texas Tech what, a week or two ago. 84-50 to 50 was the final there with a sleepy second half. That's 134 that pushes on this number. And Kansas State, a lot better offense than what Texas Tech is carrying. I don't see a blowout like that coming. I think this game ends – both teams in the 70s, so I think it's just well over this 134. Yeah, and I think like the point that you made that I like the most is just that Kansas State, they can play with tempo, and you have to imagine they want to in this game because you do not want to be in a half-court game with Iowa State in Ames. I mean, that just seems like a disaster because they can shoot the ball pretty well there, and at home, that defense, you're going to have a hard time scoring there if you do that. So they're going to have to get buckets quick and transition as much as they can. That should get us extra possessions. And again, I would say the way they score at home should get us uh, some extra points too. So over 134 is the play there, which takes us to our overtime game. We're going to go back to the well when we went to last week, laid a big number with Kent State. Let's do it again. Kent State minus 13 at Northern Illinois. We've sung Kent State's praises enough. 16 and three on the season. All three losses, they were right in the game. Uh, you know, covered easily. Could have easily won. Um, played really well. They're obviously really good. Northern Illinois, not. It is on the road, but you got a Kent State team that is 15 and three against the number this year. Um, 13's a big number, but we've seen this Kent State team too many times in conference just expand that lead late because they just continue to relentlessly force turnovers and get quick layups. And that's kind of what you want when you're laying a big number as a team that even late in the game is going to be looking to lock you down and extend the score. And that's what they do. And they try to extend the score with layups and not three pointers. And that gives you a little bit more confidence too. With three pointers, if, if a team's too reliant on a three pointer, you know, it might win by 40, but if they miss all of them, they might lose, right? But Kent State just constantly getting getting those forcing turnovers, getting the layups, get you solid two points every time, and that just slowly builds that lead over the second half. Jake, we think they can cover 13. What else you got for us? Yeah, look, 
we, oh, you can go back and check out any of the videos how much we've praised Kent State's defense. It's incredible. Yep. We'll have to dive into that. What we are going to mention there is going against that is one of the worst offenses in the NCAA. They, they are ranked in, inside the 300s. Um, they turn the ball over a lot. They don't rebound the ball whatsoever. Um, they don't make free throws. They get a lot of their shots blocked. They get the ball stolen a lot, and they – running the shot clocks or throwing it out of bounds a lot. They're, they're just not very good on the offense. I, I know that's counterintuitive if you look at their back in the last two games where they've put up their last uh, – yeah, their last two games where they've put up in the 80s, but that's against two really, really bad teams in Miami, Ohio, and Eastern Michigan. Look back at the Toledo game, they scored 67. They, Toledo's not got a great defense by any stretch. Uh, so th- I, I think they're going to struggle to get the 60 here, and I think Kent State can just hang whatever number they want. Yeah, model says 61 for Northern Illinois, and I'm like you, I mean, maybe 60, but 60 seems about like the cap, and again, I, I would not be surprised if they finish with something like 57 points in this yeah. game, because uh, they're just going to have a hard time scoring against Kent State, and like you said, it, it, I, I just, I love Kent State's offense the way that they, again, they're not just so three-heavy, and that helps you again on the road. It helps you on the road, right? It, it's one of those things where the the road effect doesn't quite affect them as much because if you're getting turnovers and layups, it doesn't matter where you're playing, unless you're playing on the moon and the gravity's affected, right? The layups are usually about the same, right? There's nothing that you're looking at to, to affect your shooting or anything like that. The crowd noise, I mean, you just go make the layup, right? Most of these college kids can make layups. You and I can, we always talk about you and I aren't very good. We can make layups, right? If they're in transition, no one's around us. So that's going to help us right here. So it's one of those where I, th- I just, I think, you're a little bit afraid to lay a big number with Kent State on the road, but I think the way they play means they're going to cover this more. That's what's happened so far this year. It doesn't mean that it's a lock and it will happen again, but we like our chances here. Uh, they've been put in the situation multiple times, and more times than not, they tend to continue to run away. They're going to try to win this game by 18 and not 8, and that yeah. should help us cover 13. Yep. You, this year you're not getting rich fading Kent State. It is all about putting money in your pocket by backing them. Doesn't yep. matter what the number is or the team. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. That's all we've got for you then today. Jake, any parting words? No, I'm just excited for the, the I want Monday to happen because we've only got a couple good games. I want to get to this Tuesday where I can just sit on my couch all night and do nothing but watch basketball. I mean, to be fair, that probably describes most of our nights, but you know, it, yeah. it is what it is. Least, it's, the qual- it's the quality, right? Myself. You know, it's, it's just good game after good game after good game. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can show all the sports betting content. We've provided this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.